Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we watched Freaky. That's me, Millie. My life was pretty normal until the night I switched bodies with a serial killer. Hello? Oh my god, why do I sound like that? Freaky, right? Don't freak out. Really? It's me, it's Millie. Hill, Blissfield, I feel our glory and our might. Wolf in sheep's clothing. Yes, I'm some kind of freak, they... Who knows how many of our friends he's gonna kill? Oh my god, it's a slaughterhouse. I want my body back. Come and get it. You're black! I'm gay! We are so dead! Whoa, what am I wearing? If you get recognized, we are screwed. I can't see shit. How do killers do this? Oh, sorry. Oh, that's your face. Okay. I'm just a girl. I can't wait to kill you. I'm just a girl. Time to stab this asshole. I'm just a girl. Yes, I'm some kind of freak. Stop! I'm trying to stab myself! Great murder, Barbie. I'm just a girl. So we just watched this movie, literally not an hour ago. Yeah, we just got back from the theater where we were two of the four people in the theater. So it was easy to social distance in there because we each had our own side of the theater. Yeah, we were like praying that we had the whole theater to ourselves. But unfortunately, someone decided, you know what? This movie is perfect for my, you know, seven to eight year old child. Let me just go ahead and bring them on in here to the R-rated movie. That's fine. I don't know if it was a brother. I don't know if it was a father. And hey, you know what? I'm. That's your kid. Hopefully that's your kid. And that's not your brother. I mean, maybe they're cool. I don't know. I wouldn't bring my child to that movie. Uh, so, yeah. So that was who was enjoying I've, the film with us. I've seen worse. I'll never get over. I went to see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at a midnight show. And some woman brought four kids that were all five and under. They were horrified. They cried through the entire movie. That's terrible. And, well, I mean, a lot of therapy for those children. Yeah, as we were leaving, there were two guys there. They were, like, walking out with me. And they're like, that is so fucked up. My brother's 14. I wouldn't bring him to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So this film uh, is a Freaky Friday situation from the writers of Happy Death Day. Yep. Uh, Christopher Landon and Michael Kennedy. And you get the feeling right off the bat that these writers are obsessed with the number 13 uh, because Happy Death Day had that a lot in it. And then this one does, too. Of course, it takes place mostly on Friday the 13th. Yes, they start off kind of like I feel like student bodies also did the thing. They work their way. Or they made fun of it right off the bat. Like, it was like, Jamie Lee Curtis's birthday. Like, yeah. you know. This one starts off immediately. I love it where it just says, Wednesday, the 11th. Yeah, there's a like, countdown. <laughs> like, okay, that's kind of funny. And Michael Landon has said that this is kind of like... Christopher. Christopher Landon. I'm so sorry. I <laughs> I keep thinking of Michael Landon, who... That is Christopher Landon's father. If you don't know who Michael Landon is, look it up. Um, We... Right off the bat, I was thinking, okay, this film is, like, going to be a total Freaky Friday situation, obviously, from right off the bat from the trailer. Um, Vince Vaughn is in it. 
as all of you probably already know. And, oh, we have the cats joining the podcast now. Meow, meow, meow. And the uh, his leading lady... Is uh, Catherine Newton, is her name. Now, I'm going to go, before we kind of like get into the movie, she plays the character of Millie and Vince Vaughn is deemed the butcher. This... Um, Right off, they kind of like start with the movie with kind of like an urban legend kind of feeling. And that's what Landon has stated. Like, this is a mix of like the blob, urban legend. Fright Night, Scream. Yeah, Scream 2, which I don't get Fright Night. I don't get the blob. I don't get what I get is I would if I had to sum it up to somebody, I would say this is a Freaky Friday meets Scream meets Jumanji. Yeah. That's how I would... That would be a good... That would work out. And the beginning of this is like the Friday the 13th movie we've been waiting like over a decade for. Because it just jumps right in with like... After they explain a little bit of like... Hey, this is what the the butcher has been like. And everyone's... Ah, it's an urban legend. Immediately, Vince Vaughn shows up and starts killing people in the most gruesome ways possible. There's some real like kind of throwback old school Friday the 13th kind of kills in this, you know? For real. And, you know, Vince Vaughn, he has the stature, he has the build, and he's wearing uh, a mask uh, in the only the beginning uh, part of the film. And uh, he has just, like, the complete presence of, you know, a Jason Voorhees character. Yeah, he even does a great where he just jumps through a door. The jumping through the fucking door was like fantastic like he it, it didn't even look like he jumped through the door it looked like he just like walked through it and it just like shattered amazingly it was just it was really good effect and the kills were fresh kills and they were like fucking like whoa shit <laughs> it's one of those things when you see him that you just go oh fuck you know it was some good stuff like if if they had started a friday the 13th movie off like this it would be amazing everybody would be talking about it's the greatest friday the 13th since like you know part four or whatever that's true for sure that they would totally say that um when i was sitting there i couldn't help i was like this is scream this is scream this is scream this is scream like i like couldn't help myself because i was like these like things certain things that were happening were very reminiscent so i'm like are these and there's a lot of homages in the film or is it like uh i was like is is it a homage slash ripoff because it's a little of both it's yeah chat says it's a little bit of both if that you, if you do it right even if you're like ripping off an older movie it still comes across well if you put a fresh take on it i guess i i don't know i have mixed feelings about i only like the vince vong aspect in the beginning but the certain things that happen and we will have spoilers in this so we'll just preemptively tell you spoilers so if you want to see the movie fresh you know come back and listen to another one of our episodes uh skip this one uh the kill of the casey becker i'm gonna call her the casey becker girl who gets it hung ish you know by the freaking whatever stuck not nail but stuck to the wall she's stuck to the wall hanging the mom coming in, you know, she has the blonde hair, the girl that dies, that gets killed. And the mom and dad coming in from their date and coming in to see their daughter hanging, you know, uh, stuck to the wall, hanging and screaming, that whole thing. I was just like, uh. <laughs> I don't know. At that moment, I didn't know what to think about the movie. I was like, I don't know about this movie because uh, I, I already seen these things and I don't, I hate to go to a movie to see something I've already seen. Show me something I haven't seen. Yeah. 
like have an imagination and they did in some aspects i have to say if vince vong for me vince vong and and miss newton catherine newton yeah carried the movie I yeah. didn't really care about everybody else, and there's a lot of character development in some of the other characters, especially um, her family. I only care about Vince Vaughn because I fucking love Vince Vaughn. Like, he carried this movie. Like, for yeah. me, it was all about, I just wanted him on the screen at all times. Yeah, he did a great job of convincing you that he was a, a teenage, teenage girl. girl. Yeah. And she did a great job convincing us that she was a maniacal, like, sociopathic killer. Yeah. Because she just had the look when, like, as soon as she woke up and was looking around, you were like, oh, she is crazy. Yeah, she she's a fucking nut. And they both did very well in their roles, especially Vince Vaughn. Because, I, obviously, I've seen more movies with him than I have with her. She's, you know, fresh. So, I'm looking forward to seeing her and other things. Yeah, because um, she did a great job in this. She did. She did a really good job. Um the whole the other thing I didn't like was the whole like boo I'm a mousy girl they can't stand up for herself and I got home dramas I was just a little bored with that too <laughs> but for those who haven't seen anything about it the, the basic plot of it is is that during the first set of kills in the movie Vince Vaughn acquires this ancient Aztec dagger and Jumanji. yeah through some kind of you know Magic with that, whenever he stabs Catherine Newton's character, Millie, they wake up switching places. And the only way to switch back is to steady, you know, he has to be stabbed again. He has to be stabbed again within 24 hours. So you only, they've only got one day. They've got till the end of Friday the 13th to fix this. And what a day it is. There, uh, the movie was filmed in Georgia, in Covington, Georgia, which you may or may not have listened to a previous podcast where we've discussed Covington, Georgia, because it is the Hollywood of the South. I love Covington. I visited there on my one of my birthdays uh, because I, and I have no shame in saying this, I'm a huge fucking Vampire Diaries fan, which that's where the show was filmed. So right off the bat, when they show the... Uh, tower, the clock tower, I was just like, this is a Covington, this is a Covington. Because I get so happy when I see it on the screen because it's just such a lovely place and it just films well. It looks like old time, but also fresh um, place. And I think the area that they use, that's the only area in Covington. I may be wrong, but the other areas, you know, they were just, they weren't um, staple areas where I would, like I could point out, oh, I know this, whatever. Mm-hmm. If I lived in that area in Georgia, I'd probably be more, you know, aware of where this was, you know, filmed. But it was nice to see it on the screen. You do see that area several times um, as the town square uh, kind of thing, which I love when there's a town square. But I also love the fact that they spend a little bit of time, like, I kind of expected them to show... Vince Vaughn waking up first with, you know, Millie in his body and go from there. But they really, it surprised me, they show, you know, the killer waking up first. They show, you know, the Catherine Newton body waking up and with Vince Vaughn in it. And he's just immediately ready to start stabbing people in the house, you know. And I like that they showed a lot of the, you know, even though he didn't know some of these people had been mean to her in the past... He just immediately was like, fuck this, and just started murdering people that pissed him off, you know? Yeah. And um, the other, like, scream-esque thing is uh, Millie. Uh, her sister is a cop. So it kind of had, like, 
kind of the deputy Dewey, like. So she know. was way more competent than Dewey. Well, yeah, she was way. He was very competent compared to him. Uh, so there, there was another thing there, and then obviously you have to have an officer that's related to her. There, the, the, the story would have not worked well because she's needed that access to the, the police department is needed. Yeah. So as a writer, you do need to like fit, you know, certain people to make the story more credible because there's no way they'd be able to, you know, there's a murder weapon. Things, yeah. yeah. There's a murder weapon that they use the, the knife. So there's no way they'd be able to get it if there wasn't some kind of connection like that. Uh, and, you know, you have the, it's a typical school. There's the mean girls and, you know, there's the jock assholes and they live up to all the stereotypes that he would find. Yeah, this really kind of, to me, felt like it could have been a movie that was made like in the late 80s, early 90s. It felt like a, it felt like a, a slasher from then, except a little bit of, you know, different characters, of course, because you know, there's types of characters now they wouldn't use back then. Yeah, and there were very modern you know, uh, things in the film that you have to have now in films. So people will be happy about those kind of things, um, which are fine. It doesn't take away or add anything to the film. It just makes it seem like it's in present day. But if they didn't have those specific things, then you would say, okay, this film could have been in any one of those time frames. Yeah. Um, but the my gosh when you see uh the teacher the what is a shop wood wood shop yeah what an asshole (laughs) by the way is alan ruck from ferris bueller and star trek generations he just always plays the the terrible guy (laughs) um excuse me he wasn't the terrible guy in ferris bueller he was this like nice guy ferris is an asshole but anywho i guess it depends on perspective right yeah uh, he's such a fucking asshole in this movie. And you, they go out of their way to make the people that are assholes in the school, teachers and the students, you just fucking hate them and you want them to die. I mean, I wanted them to die. They just annoyed the shit out of me, which, you know, is wrong because you shouldn't want your characters to die. You shouldn't be really going for the villain. But I couldn't help but go for the villain, even though the villain was not Vince Vaughn in that moment. Yeah, but at the same time, that's the way it was with all the slashers. You didn't go see the Jason, the new Jason or Freddy movie or whatever, because you were like, oh, I really care about the character development of these. Hmm, I wonder if they will beat Freddy this time. No, you went to see Freddy kill the shit out of a whole bunch of stupid teenagers. And same thing with Jason. So I see that part of it, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this. Yeah, the Bliss Fields Butcher. What a fucking name. He did not bring bliss, let me tell you, to anyone that he murdered. <laughs> I love that uh, Catherine Newton's character, Millie, was the mascot, which was a giant beaver. She's yes. dancing around in the beaver suit out there. And, of course, that leads to a lot of jokes. Oh, my goodness, yes. And then they had, like, like the school, like, beaver motto, whatever the hell that was. It was, like some ridiculous thing it's just like no this is not this is hilarious yeah school wouldn't really they wouldn't really do that <laughs> with a beaver i couldn't with that fucking beaver it said we keep chewing or something like that was the logo yeah and uh, there's a scene where the first encounter when they first meet each other she's just sitting there waiting for her mom and it, you know many of us have been in this situation where your parent is late to pick you up from school for whatever freak reason and she's waiting there waiting for her mom to get her and uh turns out her mom is not going to be getting her sister has to come pick her up and 
you know, this movie's filled with fog, by the way. It was very interesting to me. It's just like, why is there so much fucking fog in this damn movie? Like, it is mad ominous. But I was like, it's the Blissfield killer, Butcher, or sorry, Butcher. He kills, like, right before and on the day of, like, homecoming. That's, like, his shtick. And homecoming is coming up. And homecoming is usually around, like, the end of, like, October, November. So I guess there might be some fog, you know? But there's just, like, scenes where they're just, like, sitting in the car. And it's, like, in the background. And I'm just thinking about, (laughs) like, the fog machine blowing, like, with the fucking fan and the wind. Make sure we get that fog in the back. Make sure we get that fog. Because, you know, we have to make it look creepy. Which I thought it was just way too much fog. I know I'm, like, really, really on this fog thing. Because it bothered me. <laughs> but I love that they show the butcher in uh, Millie's body just going through the school, and just you know killing people left and right in there, and then of course just getting away with it because nobody suspects her because she's always been the mousy little girl that was pushed around, so she's able to get away with it, or he is able to get away with it just because no one suspects him. Yeah, there, especially when there's the uh, when Vince Vaughn is in the school and the uh reveal to the friends is like oh no this is my actual friend this is Millie in Vince Vaughn's body so now the her friends are like with Vince Vaughn and they finally see Millie's body with the killer in there the butcher in there and you know the butcher just starts screaming you know oh the killer you know because they kind of had like that Sydney ghost face interaction where you know she survived you know the first encounter and now the whole town is like oh boohoo millie she's a survivor like she went through something terrible someone tried to kill her so the cops are already at the school wing you know she here she is screaming her ass off when it's like no bitch you're the killer like (laughs) but she's trying to like get you know vince vaughn killed because i mean think about it if you're a killer and you're like in a young body you could do so many things and you're a woman like you're a chick. You're a teenage girl. No one's. You're not going to be the first suspect. Yeah. Especially if everyone knows you to be like the sweet, like introverted, like girl that's like a sweetheart. You know. You're going to get away with it for a long time. Yeah. And Before anyone like really, really finds out like what's going on. I love the on. fact that they, you know, they went old school with the kills on this. They, you know, didn't hold back on it. You, when you see people get killed, you're seeing people getting sawed in half, chainsawed stabbed in the throat there's all kinds of crazy kills in this and they're all pretty gory they are very gory i'm not really one for gore but i did really enjoy it's not like the camera lingering on the gore and there's like all this drippage and crazy bullshit happening it happens and then we're off to the next scene like it's gruesome and then it's done um but i love the kills in the movie yeah they did a great job with them some good effects on it Oh my goodness. I would definitely give this film three knives. I I wasn't going to say two and a half knives, but Vince Vaughn really pulled it off for me. Yeah, he really sells it. So I'm I'm going three knives on it as well. Uh, I would love to. There's definitely, I'm sure, going to be a sequel because the knife, you know, gets recovered from the the police department. So this is a knife that's going to be floating around somewhere. So who's to say that it's not going to end up? Now here, I'll say spoilers if anybody hasn't turned off yet that does want to know anything. I'm wondering if there's going to be some more story from the house. You know, the, the knife was supposedly bought by people who were art collectors. And they bought this knife. It turned out to be magic. We see in the house that they have a hidden room that we never really explored. 
I wonder if the the sequel might follow up with some of that with them. Maybe they have some more strange objects in there or something going on. Maybe they have the fucking time machine thing or like a replica of it from Happy Death Day. Yeah, because they've said I've seen online that they, you know that Christopher Lydon said he'd love to do a crossover of them where it was called Freaky Death Day. And I don't know, it'd be fun, you know, because it'd be fun to see him actually pull that off. Because we've been waiting for another Friday the Thirteenth now for like almost twenty years. So if Blumhouse could pull off and get, like, a crossover of their own thing going, that'd be kind of fun. I'd watch it even if it was terrible. Yeah, and then also, like, the knife thing. Like, that's how we correlate the Jumanji. Because Jumanji, you know, always gets thrown back and, you know, into the ocean or whatever. And someone else picks it up and it just continues, you know, with the rampage in different areas. So this knife can just fall into someone else's hand. So it's a never-ending story because the knife, you know it's oh it's still there you know that's what's doing all the damage per se yeah and just whoever's gonna you know get a hold of the knife whether they have malintent or whatever i'm sure they're gonna have another freaky moment um i have to say the ending of the film was very interesting to me and i think i mean i know in the climate you know we have to have girl power yay girls yay women could do anything and they're all Vince Vaughn escapes, you know, Michael Myers style. He got fucking shot like six times. He got shot like several times and he survives, like jumps out. Obviously that's off screen and he leaves the, you know, ambulance to go get revenge on Millie. And he's after her. And there's a whole fight sequence between the women of the family. And they're going to take down you know this monster that's come in and like try to kill their daughter and their and their sister because they've already the the whole thing in the movie which you didn't mention is like their loss of a father you know uh a year before so that's the dynamic of the family is has it's it's in the healing process and um you know this is a, a what is it um a bonding moment yeah for the women to take back the strength oh there's also a Coincidentally, uh, Sexist Chainsaw Massacre 2, which we did uh, last week or two weeks ago, uh, we covered last week. I think <coughs> yeah. There's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre moment where there's a chainsaw kill, but it's very, uh, what is the word? I was suggestive. Very phallic. <laughs> it was a very phallic suggestive thing. And let me tell you, they fucking deserve what they got. Big time. Um, so I, I have to I have to mention that because I do like that scene. It was very funny to me. Um, there was not a lot of gyrating. There wasn't any gyrating, but yeah, it wasn't like exactly like Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, but it was close. I would say it was definitely an homage, whether or not it was a subconscious or subconscious one. I think I think there was, but yeah, that bonding moment. Who's to say? Because the co-producer of this is Ryan Turek, right? Yeah. Who who's doing the Halloween movies? Yeah. Right. Who's to say that we're not going to see the same bonding thing because we have different, uh, there's not generations because a grandma wasn't there, but it's a mom and her two daughters in this one where they have to take down the killer. In Halloween, we have Jamie Lee Curtis's character, which there's an homage to the one of the characters' last name is Strode, and he plays, he's uh, the one of the dudes in the movie, the love interest. Uh, the mom, the daughter, and the granddaughter all get together and have to like take down Michael take Myers. down Michael. 
you know, the strength of these women, you know, the it's the three, like a tribe. It's a strong bond of women that are gonna go and fucking kill this dude, you know, how dare he? I, I, I don't know. I got a kind of a, like a Halloween, maybe like a flash forward to what we might be seeing in Halloween Kills. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the movie. I can't wait for this movie to come out. I'm mad bummed that it's not coming out. They should just release it. They should just, it's already done. Why do I have to wait until fucking Halloween of next year? That's bullshit. Oh, no, actually this year in Halloween. No, oh, no, next year in Halloween. Yeah. 2022. 21. 2021. I'm already ahead in the future. I'm like, oh, that 2022 should be the last. Hopefully the last we'll one, see yeah. the last Halloween, you know, for the next 20 years. I'm sure he'll just come back. He'll get rebooted again. He'll be a robot when he comes back. <laughs> he'll be a robot. If they're not going to pass, and I know now we're getting to the Halloween thing, but if they're not going to pass over the baton or the butcher knife, per se, uh, to the next generation, you know, then just fucking kill him and be done with it. Like, let's just close this chapter. He's motherfucking like 60. He'll be 63. You know? Well, they did kind of address that in this movie. They did talk about, like, if the if the Blissfield Butcher's still alive, he'd be like in his 60s now. They They're did. Like, hey, don't underestimate white male rage. That shit can kill, like, way up into the 70s. That's true. They actually <laughs> did fit that right at the beginning of the movie. See? Another Halloween thing. I yeah. didn't even... I didn't even really catch that what was happening because I was so into like what was happening. Yeah. Um. So that's a good catch, Chad. That's a good catch. Yes. We'll dissect more of that later. Definitely. <laughs> we should just do a whole Halloween. I mean, we did a Halloween one and we literally talked about all the films, but I feel like we didn't really do like justice to uh, the last one. Um. We, we, we focused on all the other ones. So we can have another discussion about that. But thank you so guys for joining us this evening or morning or afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to this. And if you've seen Freaky, reach out to us. Let us know what you thought of it. Yeah, let us know. Did you see it at the drive-in? Because we were going to go watch it at the drive-in and it's actually shown being shown in a lot of drive-ins, which is how people are watching it. We actually, you know, had, uh, we have a very small theater here and we were able to catch it um, in the actual theater because the drive-in is a little far away um, from us. But... Yeah, did you enjoy your time at the drive-in? Did you like the experience? Uh, you know, the comeback of the drive-in is probably my favorite thing from this whole quarantine. Right, the best thing that came out of this is that the drive-in's having a resurgence. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't go away. I really love the drive-in. I think it's so fun. Um, it's Americana, like, for sure. Uh, let us know how you feel at stay tuned to the horror at gmail.com. And stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.